I expected it to be like the rest of my life. Trash. Hey, I'm Eli. And I'm Ian. And this is... Conspiracy Crashers. (laughs) That's our celebratory horn for this episode. (laughs) Yep. Um, I'm a four-year-old. The world is on fire. I mean, that's literally the best description of this topic I can give. We might be able to do a little better than that, but... No, that's it. The world's on fire. Um, I mixed Red Bull with some wine, and I feel like shit. That might have been a mistake on many levels, Eli. But, yeah, the world's on fire. Um, that's it. End of episode. We hang up. We're done. All right. So, global warming, also known as climate change. Mm-hmm which would be the belief that... <laughs> I can't take it seriously at all. I hate this. Um, the belief... Sorry, the belief? Uh-huh. I'm going to put a little pre-warning. I do not believe it's a hoax. I think global warming is very real. And it is a crisis. Like, it's a problem. However, in the spirit of the podcast, okay. I will be talking as if it is a hoax. So, global warming also known as climate change, is the belief that the Earth's climate is warming or changing unnaturally due to human activities, specifically the burning of fossil fuels. Is that the same definition you would give me? At the very least, it's a definition appropriate for this episode. Technically, climate change is also the name for what happens naturally, which also results in the, in the Earth going, but specifically this episode is about and influence climate change. So your definition is just fine. Perfect. That was a pretty good noise. That was a very good noise. Sounded like a champagne bottle pop, but it was just my lips. Whoa. I think we should keep that in. Okay. So where to begin? That is actually a very good question. Um, I say we just start from one place. And see where we end. And see where we end. Sounds good. So the first thing I have written is there's the argument that um, fossil fuel are one of the biggest issues. Now, burning fossil fuels creates carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. And that is true. There's no denying that. But they're saying that as this gas increases in the atmosphere, it increases the greenhouse effect that reduces outgoing energy radiation to space. Mm-hmm. And the trapped energy that causes the Earth's temperature to rise, which is theoretically true, um, and that the rate of increase is unnatural, and the higher temperature is what's undesirable. This implies that there's a natural slower rate of temperature increase and an optimum Earth temperature that all can agree on, and that humans can control it. Um, that's a f- false conclusion. Is it? Yes, that is, uh, what's the term? Non sequitur. Your conclusion does not follow from your premises. Why does the fact that the Earth changes its temperature at a natural rate imply that there is such a thing as an optimal temperature? And what is this optimal temperature rated against? The quality of life for life? The quality of conditions for the Earth itself? What, what is, define your, define the parameters which make for an optimal planet 
temperature? Um, I mean, I guess your optimum is going to be based on um, the... <laughs> I hate this so much. Um, by eliminating the trapped energy that is causing the temperature to rise. But I think ultimately the argument here is the idea that humans can control it entirely because they're saying that it's mostly from burning fossil fuels. But humans aren't the only thing causing this carbon dioxide emission. This is very true. So there is, there is in fact, the natural presence of and emission of several gases uh, which contribute to trapping in infrared light from the sun. Uh, these include, but are not limited to, carbon dioxide, nitrous oxide, and methane. Now, these gases are in fact, as you say, emitted naturally by, first of all, the natural biodiversity of the earth. Mm -hmm. certain, life, certain life forms that are not humans still produce their own methane gas, carbon dioxide, etc. Most life on Earth, at least on a large scale, is aerobic. We breathe oxygen and uh, create byproduct wastes of carbon dioxide. I don't breathe, um, so I think we need to go back and look at your theory here. You photosynthesize. That's I do. Different. I am a plant. Okay. <laughs> I need this carbon dioxide that's being admitted, and I need a bite of this. Hang on, you're going to hear plastic crinkling. Regardless, I believe even plants, um, even plants produce carbon dioxide to a certain extent. Yes. I think certain plants, depending on the type of environment they're in, and the type of chemical reactions used to produce energy for that organism. Mm -hmm. Some plants also produce things like carbon dioxide. Well, I think all, ooh, voice crack. Um, I think all plants emit a certain amount of carbon dioxide because I don't okay. think it's possible to only, I mean, it's kind of like if you're eating food and then you get a drink of water, you're gonna backwash a little bit. It's plant backwash. I'm not a biologist. So I can't remember if there are anaerobic plant species on Earth, but I do know there are anaerobic bacteria species. And so I can't say categorically that all life produces carbon dioxide because mm -hmm. all life doesn't, but certainly a not insignificant amount of life on Earth does naturally produce carbon dioxide. Yeah. However, the real difference here is that the quantity of carbon dioxide and nitrous, uh, what is it, nitrous oxide? Yes, all the greenhouse gases, the quantity released changes at a fairly slow rate naturally. Right. Whereas after the uh, industrial revolution, uh, the rate of change spiked dramatically uh we currently generate as a as a human species uh some somewhere between 100 and 300 times the amount of carbon dioxide that is naturally emitted by volcanoes for example mm -hmm. volcanoes on average average given year across the world will produce 100 to 300 times less carbon dioxide than humans as a species. Good to know. Yeah. And there's multiple ways 
in which human cultures have influenced how much greenhouse gas is being released into the atmosphere. The okay. big one we always talk about is fossil fuels, but just as significant are things like the way we breed livestock in large numbers in concentrated areas. One of the biggest natural producers of methane is a flock of cows. Right. I did know that. I do remember that very distinctly. Yeah. So not only are humans for the sake of vehicular transportation, but also uh, in order to maintain their food supplies, uh, humans have systematically over, over, you know, hundreds of years accumulated a very large effect on uh, the atmosphere and how, mo- how many greenhouse gases are being released. So, I mean, basically, we're all fucked. That's all I heard. Are you eating mac and cheese or ice cream? It's actually a sort of like a, a, a pasta casserole. Okay. That sounds good. My next thing is jumping back. Oh, I also would like to say I got literally all of my information from one website. Mm. That was literally globalwarminghoax.com, just so y'all know right now. That's where I go for my neutral, right. unbiased, <laughs> um, deeply researched facts. Me too, uh, clearly. Mm-hmm. So my next thing is back in the 70s. I told you we're going to be jumping all over the place with um, time. Okay. Back in the 70s, there were a bunch of warnings that we were about to enter an ice age. Um, And then there was like a ton of speculation about uh, spreading coal dust on the glaciers to melt them faster to prevent said ice age. Um, However, really shortly after that, rhetoric changed saying we were going to fry under the sun. So they were wrong about both of these predictions. And with them being wrong, why should we trust anything they're saying now? So I'm actually going to send you a picture, which anyone can find by looking up climate change on Wikipedia. Wait, wait. Is that my cat or your cat meowing? I think that's yours. My, my cat's on around. Um, why are we trusting Wikipedia? Because I was told all the time in school not to trust Wikipedia. Uh, so there are... I'm going to give you a little tip. 90% of the time, you shouldn't trust Wikipedia. What you should trust are the sources on Wikipedia, because especially for science topics, the sources, are, the sources and references are actually pretty good. It's just that when you have a not-scientist writing an article about science, it doesn't go well. Okay. So, like, if you go to the bibliography for Wikipedia... Usually that's a good starting point for your research. Definitely don't make that your sole point of reference for your research. Oh god, are you dying? Nino hit the mic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll happen. But continue. Check your sources is basically the last thing I heard. Yeah, um basically you can use Wikipedia as a starting point for your research fairly well. As long as you back that up by then looking in at more appropriate scientific references. So that's a, that's a tip for me in, on how to conduct science research. It is okay to start at Wikipedia. You just have to follow that up by going to more trusted sources afterwards 
to fill in the gaps that are in Wikipedia. So you can go to places like NASA or you can look at college websites and then you'll get you'll you'll be able to fill in the spots that aren't quite as accurate when represented on Wikipedia. Okay. So that was my 70s thing. I'm looking at the picture now and you are like, yeah, I mean, you just roasted me in a photo. The viewers aren't going to be able to tell. Right. The picture we're describing. I will post is, on Instagram. Yeah, perfect. Post it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so this image, in a nutshell, shows how the two claims that we were entering an ice age and that we are instead now going to have a uh, warming crisis, the two claims, though they seem contradictory, were in fact both true more or less at the same time. Um, because there is a natural up and down, rise and fall in the world's CO2 concentration. And this is known as the Earth's natural ice age cycles. Okay. And so when there is lower CO2 concentration, there is, um, there is greater protection from infrared radiation. There's, there's less infrared radiation being held in and thus the earth cools. And literally it can cool to the extent that yes, you can enter an ice age. However, it just so happens that around the time that, the, that uh, we started drastically increasing our use of fossil fuels, so after the Industrial Revolution started, we developed a rapid spike in CO2 production and how much that went into the atmosphere. And so at the point in history when we were about to enter an ice age, instead humans were reversing that direction solely by producing more greenhouse gases. Okay. So, so interestingly, we would have entered an ice age if we hadn't started the process of man-influenced climate change. Right. Okay, that makes sense. I actually personally love that that story about the the 70s where the perspective changed because it really is a great story to demonstrate how um how in science developments in understanding don't necessarily follow a logical pattern. You can have what appear to be contradictory claims and you can connect them by observing scientific principles. So I, I, I personally love that story a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. So my next thing, these are quotes. So I don't necessarily agree with any of this. Who are these quotes from? A Republican senator in the state of Mississippi. Okay. Um, schools teach that there's a hole in the ozone and that by a certain year there will be no trees on Earth, but nothing has happened to prove either. Um, okay, first, first of all, let's talk about holes in the ozone. Um, a hole in the ozone is just an area of the atmosphere that is, it's kind of like the opposite of a hole, really. It's where there's a stronger concentration of greenhouse gases, which holds more infrared radiation in after it reaches the Earth. Uh, the reason it's called a hole is, is because people would imagine uh, the atmosphere as sort of like a shield for radiation. And so in areas where locally the temperature would spike a lot, they imagined that the atmosphere uh, had a hole in it so that more radiation was coming through. It's actually the opposite. The same amount of radiation always comes through, but uh, greenhouse gases trap that inside 
so that it so that that radiation can't disperse into outer space like it normally would and so the radiation stays here that increases the energy of the earth and then we have more heat okay so first of all there are not literal holes in the ozone it's more a matter of chemical dilution mm-hmm. i've never heard i've never actually heard any scientist claim that all trees would die i'm sure that many could don't get me wrong but that trees themselves would go extinct is not something that would happen at the it's not something that would happen noticeably before humans themselves would go extinct from the same phenomenon right you know i did a musical and okay i promise this is not off topic i'm listening okay i did a musical in like 2012 2013-ish called project youth and it was set in like 2180 i think okay where I mean, the Earth had kind of gone to, like, radioactive wasteland. And, like, everyone was dying. And these people found by, like, drilling into mountains deep enough that, like, there was clean air. And so they built it so that, like, their kids could have clean air and water for a set amount of time to keep living and hoping that they could fix everything. And so it was... um, 16 kids all under the age of 15. Um, They ranged from 6 to 15 stuck in this thing and they kind of split into gangs because, you know, Lord of the Flies style shit, you know. Um, And ultimately, through their gang fights or whatever, something broke. Um, I think it was a kaleidoscope broke and in the kaleidoscope was a tree seed and they were able to like start over. But I mean, that in itself shows that like even in a wasteland, all you need is a seed and some water. It's probably a lot more complicated well, than yes, that. Yes, yes. But, but yes, <laughs> but yes, uh, one thing is for sure. Life, if it is forced to adapt, it will adapt. It takes time, but life usually perseveres in extraordinary ways. As it happens, we've recently found some evidence suggesting that there either is or was um, life on Venus, of all places. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it happens all the time, even in the most hostile environments. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I have never heard anyone claim that global warming is going to cause all trees to die and that we're going to be there to see it. But there are, there are actual studies which have been done which show that... Um, in higher levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere reduce the lifespan of trees. Okay. So trees will increasingly live shorter and shorter lives as the, te- as the uh, process of global warming increases and continues. Mm-hmm. Eventually that may mean life will be unsustainable for them altogether. But it's not like it's going to be an immediate thing where it's going to get so hot, trees just incinerate instantly in the air you know it's not gonna be something crazy where they all just die and drop dead it's a slow process you hear the music too right we're gonna just continue um this is um living in new york sorry guys it happens um you're getting a concert so here's a quote wait wait hold on do we have to pay royalties on songs that appear in the background that we did not intend to be there no it's not our fault 
bro. Hey, bro. Awesome bro take. Yeah, man. I hoped you noticed I got it from Phoenix Fit. Like the bird? No, it's spelled F-N-X Fit. Fuel for greatness. Oh, yeah, man. You are pretty great. You know, I've totally heard of them. I get my protein powder from them. Dude, bro, you use protein powder? That's why you look so good. Man, thanks, bro. Dude, I'm looking at the website right now. They donate a gallon of clean water to parts of the world that don't have it every time you make a purchase. Well, bro, that's so beautiful. Just like our bromance, dude. I love you, bro. No, I love you, bro. Use the code CRASHER with a capital C for 15% off every purchase at fnxfit.com. Okay, we're good. So here is a quote from a senator in Mississippi. Since the predictions failed, they renamed it global climate change so that it covers warming and cooling in order to keep the general populace worried about what's happening in this world. That is actually false. Um, No, really. (laughs) That is false. Uh, Global warming is the term we use to indicate that on average globally, the temperature of the Earth is increasing. The The surface temperature of the Earth is increasing. This doesn't mean that at all locations, at all times, the temperature is increasing. In Mm -hmm. some areas, there may be decreases. There are, in fact, natural fluctuations on on Earth which cause certain areas to become colder. Uh, And so those processes acting in contrast to global warming, which is happening at the same time, can make it so that some places still experience colder weather. It's just that, on average, the the weather on Earth will become hotter and less humid. The other thing I need to point out, the job of scientists isn't to sensationalize. That would actually be the job of journalists. So if you want to blame the journalists, that's on you, but uh, you know, the process of of climate change, climate change does mean that the Earth can cool and heat. As we just mentioned, there are ice age cycles that naturally occur on Earth. And to refer to climate change as the natural process and to refer to global warming as as a more specific term referring to the human influence and how that is resulting in overall rapid heat increases, I don't think that that necessarily is scientifically inaccurate or that it creates a significant risk of misrepresentation, provided that you actually define your terms when using them. Okay. So it sounds to me like this is less a criticism of uh, climate change in general and more a critique of clarity in science and science communication. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, that's a very valid point. The public deserves to be explained new scientific discoveries in terms they can understand without jumping to the wrong conclusions. That's that's a fair that's a fair request to make of scientists and science communicators. Yeah. Okay. This quote says, 
The hoax is to keep money coming to those who are collecting funds for various entities who think they are helping to save the planet from an invented disaster. This seems like circular logic to me. Yes. I mean, and I told you that I was going to be talking circles around myself tonight. Okay, say this again slowly. The hoax? A little faster than that. It is to keep money coming to those who are collecting funds for various entities who think they are helping save the planet from an invented disaster. The thing is, this they're saying that the very people who created the hoax in order to fuel their research believe that their research is actually helping the planet, despite the fact that they are themselves the ones who concocted the hoax. Yes. So the statement itself is another non sequitur, and it's circular reasoning. It's dangerous to assume that scientists who want more funding for their science topics, it's dangerous to think that the only motive for having, uh, for demanding more science funding in your research is because you want to be rich. Right. Lots of scientists need research funding so they can actually provide valid results. There are many scientists who cannot finish their, pub their research uh, because they run out of funding. So, okay. So this next quote is, there's no scientific, scientific, <laughs> there's no scientific analysis. I have 4,000 scientists that tell me global warming is a hoax. The earth has cooled for 20 years. Okay. Now I looked in different, multiple different sources and could not find a single one that said who these 4,000 scientists were. Because mm -hmm. I knew that was going to be your question. I have no idea who those 4,000 scientists were. Okay, so we have no actual credentials for this. No, other than like he okay. works in a like factory that okay. is known for producing a lot of coal. Ah, so we not only have undisclosed anonymous scientists, but undisclosed anonymous biased scientists working for a coal factory. Yes. Nice. Okay, I want to just, um, you said there were 2,000? 4,000? 4,000. 4,000. It's not very many. I mean, the number actually does sound rather large. So let's do some quick math here. Let me see if I can find my calculator. There we go. Why do we need a calculator? Because we're going to see if these 4,000 scientists represent a statistically significant number of scientists saying that climate change is a hoax. Math time with Ian. This is a new segment that will never happen again. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is because Ian is my, um, what was it that we put on the website? You're my like supercomputer. So to put this in perspective, we have 4,000 scientists say that climate change is a hoax. Out of 7.8 million scientists in the world in 2013, if by scientists we refer to full-time equivalent researchers. So like, it's not enough to like really get anything. Yeah. This is actually a good experiment to run when you see lots of scientific lobbying groups. For example, I think one of the things you're probably going to bring up later is, what, 80,000 scientists? 
who banded together and said, this is absolutely horrible, it's awful, right? Is that the number, 80,000? Um, 31,000. 31,000. 31,000 isn't much better. So this, this gives you a perspective that actually applies a lot, is what can seem like, when objectively is a pretty large number, you know, 30,000 is, is a lot of people. And if you have that many experts, you'd think it would mean something in general. Except when you put it in perspective that compared to the general scientific consensus of over 7 million researchers, that number, 30,000 researchers, significant minority. Or I should say an insignificant minority. They're, the opinion of 80,000 scientists is negligible compared to the scientific consensus of millions of scientists. I also want to add with that one in particular, the 31,000, only like 0.04% were actually environmental scientists. That also doesn't help. Yeah. It also matters that you count how many qualified experts are talking about the subject. Yeah. I once saw, there's a karate studio in my, uh, in my hometown. And I once went onto their website and saw that it was endorsed by I think it's a female boxing champion. And all I could think was, why would you have a boxing champion, like a Western style like Olympic boxer, endorsing your karate school? Wait, you mean that's not what you want? I mean, I'm just saying like, you know, when you have a judo master endorse a judo school, it means something. <laughs> but if you have, you know, a HEMA swordsman endorsing, endorsing, you know, a kickboxing school, there's not necessarily relevant experience there. Right. Anyway. So, I feel like I should go into my big-ass chunk on the 31,000, since we just yeah. talked about that. So bear, bearing in mind that 31,000 is not a significant number, let's at, at least all. talk about what they were doing. Okay, so I put... 31,000 scientists, voice crack included, rejected global warming and say there's no convincing evidence that humans can or will cause global warming. This claim originates from the Oregon Institute of Science and Medicine, which has an online petition uh, that states, we urge the United States government to reject the global warming agreement that was written in Kyoto, Japan in December, 1997 and any other similar proposals. The proposed limits on greenhouse gases would harm the environment, hinder the advance of science and technology, and damage the health and welfare of mankind. There is no convincing scientific evidence that human release of carbon dioxide, methane, or other greenhouse gases is causing or will, in the foreseeable future, cause catastrophic heating of the Earth's atmosphere and disruption of the Earth's climate. Moreover, there is substantial scientific evidence that increases in atmospheric carbon dioxide produce many beneficial effects upon the natural plant and animal environments of the Earth. While we are agonizing over the rising of the oceans and the melting of the ice caps, we will be ignoring those who are out to take our guns, our freedom to worship as we choose, who attempt to equalize things by giving the rich people's money to the poor, make abortion of precious babies totally acceptable and get a socialized government established. Okay. I gotta give my source information. This is literally, read, I'm reading verbatim from the petition. 
I want to talk about a very important word, that, uh, or two very important words they mention. Okay. Substantial evidence and convincing. Those words <laughs> don't mean anything in science. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is one word which is used a lot in science, which is verified. Uh, what verified refers to is if you're designing an experiment or a study of some sort of phenomenon that you want to better explain, mm -hmm. um, you can only do so by using, you know, there are limits to how effective your method of experimentation can be. Right. For example, a microscope can only see so small. Really? Oh, so it can't see me? <laughs> a microscope can only see so small. A clock that you are using that, you know, if you use a timer on your, uh, uh, on your watch, it can only be as accurate as your reaction time allows. Mm -hmm. So there, so the inability to every time get the exact uh, number that is actually happening due to just natural error in the experiment is called uncertainty. And verification is the phrase that is used to basically say this, this science is accurate. This science is, is good quality. Right. You're not saying that the exact value that is predicted is necessarily true, but you're saying that within a margin of error, our results say this is pretty much correct. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you say, you know, that car was going, you know, somewhere between 25 and 30 miles an hour just from watching I, that's probably a decent estimate. You know, the, the, the margin of error is probably less than the inaccuracy of your actual estimate. So science can get verified results, but convincing evidence isn't a thing. Convincing someone is a completely subjective goal. There are some people who can simply out of stubbornness ever be convinced, you know? So I would have to say it's dangerous to use phrases like convincing or substantial evidence because the significance of evidence to some will seem, uh, will seem arbitrarily less important than the significance of others. So yeah, so bear in mind, when they say substantial and convincing evidence, those terms don't actually mean anything. So like, let me put it in Eli because it's late here. Yeah. You were saying it can't be convincing evidence because that's a matter of opinion, so none of that can be proven. Yeah. You can, you can mathematically say whether a study reaches its intended conclusion, but you cannot objectively say this is convincing or substantial. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there is a forma, forma, former NASA engineer yep. um, named John L. Casey who worked for years with our White House space program. Yes. And after retirement, 
He began to look more extensively into climate change and he delved into government archives and found that the whole truth about global climate change has not been told. So he wrote a dossier, um, it's 164 pages long, exposing the fact that humans have no impact on global climate change. Hmm. Now, again, I found the dossier. I did not um, read it because it is 164 pages, but if someone really wants to, I'll link it. Okay, go ahead. You know, the interesting thing about this kind of revelation is that there's usually no actual evidence to back up what they what they're providing it's really convenient to say i got this from an archive that no one else can see only me you'll just have to take my word on it it's a hoax by that same by that same logic i could say that i in fact have my own archive which i referenced which said that this man is a pathological liar and so you shouldn't believe him right i also have to ask what uh, field was he in specifically in the space program? Didn't say? I didn't look far enough, let's be real. John L. Casey, is that what I said? Yeah, John L. Casey. Something with the like solar changes. Um, he was a space shuttle engineer at one point. So it sounds like he was mostly a consultant. This is interesting. You're sure, you're sure he worked for NASA? That's what I'm getting on what I'm looking at. It's also more than one Casey, so. Because what I'm reading is that he received his bachelor's in physics and math from Jacksonville State University and got a master's degree in management from Webster University and that he was the president of the Space and Science Research Corporation and is now the acting CEO of the International Earthquake and Volcano Prediction Center, acting presidents of Veritance, Veritance Corporation, which is a science and engineering con consultation. Now what I'm uh, looking at says former NASA consultant addresses climate change. A former White House NASA consultant. I'm seeing that over and over. What did you type in? John L. Casey into uh, into my browser. And like John L. Casey, climate change author is what appears on Wikipedia. Yes. The books are Dark Winter and Cold, Cold Sun. Yes. So we're talking about the same guy, but somehow Wikipedia doesn't have a link indicating that he ever worked for NASA. No, I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same person. Are you sure? I'm not. Because what I read here on Amazon is. Yep, I see it. You're right. You're right. Dark Winter, John L. Casey, consultant to NASA headquarters. So he's twisting the wording of that then. I mean, like I worked for NASA. Yeah. I'm. Also, he's a space shuttle engineer and again, not an environmental scientist. So mm -hmm. we, we have that issue again. But I'm I'm not even convinced this guy was directly a NASA's a NASA employee. It looks like yeah. he was a consultant. Interesting. I also see no link indicating that he had any connection to the White House, aside from the descriptions <laughs> of his own books. Right. The fact that it is so hard to find any real credentials for this guy, beyond his business pursuits, leads me to think he probably wasn't 
a world acclaimed climate scientist. I agree. I have a mouthful of potato. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I genuinely thought you had found uh, a pretty decent source, but I'm not. No, it's not decent at all. I'm not seeing it. I mean, granted, again, he's still one voice out of out of 7.8 million. He's not a minority at all, or, or he's not a majority at all. But, uh, yeah. You mean you don't like my information? It's not about whether I like your information. I'm not sure you can. We can trust that information. We found you found falsehoods in my information. How dare you? It's almost <laughs> like I'm saying global warming isn't real. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't think we can tr take this guy's word at face value. Yeah. All right. So, moving on. There is the claim that. A substantial number of scientists have manipulated data so they will have dollars rolling into their projects. Now, I said, okay, that's a claim. Let's look into it. There have been six investigations done looking into the allegations, and each one exonerated the scientists involved in manipulating data. So if we have this claim backed up by this proof that these people have been exonerated for it um again at what point does that make it completely untrustworthy at what point do you have to like start questioning things more or should you just always be questioning everything but if you're always questioning everything is it like a bad episode of the x-files i'm sorry you said they were exonerated right yes that means they were not guilty of the charges <laughs> then no that's not what i meant they were all fired from their jobs Okay. Okay. I was about to say, these men were shown to be completely innocent of ever tampering with their evidence. This is a clear indictment. No, they were fired. Okay. What was the word I wanted? Indicted, maybe? Exasperated. No. Yeah, it wasn't exonerate. No. Okay. I'm curious. Which authors were these, and what were they saying about climate change? You're not, you're not sure? No. <laughs> Are you certain that these people were not climate change deniers tampering with their evidence to say climate change was false? You're not sure? I assumed out again, I'm sorry. <laughs> My question is, if these people were fired because they were tampering with their data values, I'm wondering if it might not be the research of perhaps more biased scientists who are interested in denying climate change or profit as mm -hmm. opposed to actual climate scientists. Do you, so you genuinely don't know like what what these people were writing about or like any you don't know anything about this research? I know it was climate change, but that was it. <laughs> okay, well again, six people out of seven point eight million. I can always cite that. So are you asking how many were fired? Because I can tell you that. I, w I was hoping you would be able to tell me what they wrote about climate, climate science and climate change. Yeah, I wish I could tell you, but I can tell you how many were fired. Okay. But you said six, right? Investigations, yeah. Six investigations, how many, how many fires? From all six, 
your grand total is 13. And, and to be honest, that sounds like a research, like each investigation was of a research team. So it sounds like six total projects were investigated. That's what it sounded like to me as well, but I could not find a specific, so I said six. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Without without knowing more about the research itself, there is nothing more we can say about that, only to point out, again, that it's a very drastic minority. Oh, one more question I can ask. Yes. Who conducted the investigation? The investigations were conducted by the... FBI, CIA, whichever the intelligence one is. They're both intelligence to a certain extent. <laughs> okay. Regardless. The government um, looked at... <laughs> okay. I guess there's nothing more really to say. I was going to be interested if a... Uh, if a... Um, if perhaps a panel on a scientific journal had found... Uh, issue, had taken issue with the publication... Like, I, I was wondering if that was the case. If it's the FBI, I, unless I knew in, at what stage they decided to do an investigation or what prompted them to investigate, I, I can't deduce yeah. I'm going to assume it was FBI, but I don't know. Oh, here is a quote. We have night and day so regularly. And the world naturally experiences cooling and warming trends with activity or lack thereof um, to regulate what is already naturally occurring is a waste. Let it be known. But I have no idea what I just read. <laughs> okay, let it be known. The amount of carbon dioxide in the Earth's atmosphere has no impact on the orbital path of the Earth. The moon has no atmosphere, and yet it continues to follow the same orbit around our Earth. Okay. The planetary motion is, is uniform, you know, as a property of the planet itself right. and of gravity, and has nothing to do with the atmosphere. No, I know. Oh, where you explained that for them? That was for them. I don't know who's listening. Okay, so my next thing a bullet point of like, blah, 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 blah is happening. And here's why this proves it's a hoax. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, it says, the poles are warming and ice caps are melting. Is that true? That is true. Updated data from NASA satellite instruments reveal the Earth's polar ice caps have not receded at all since the satellite instruments began measuring the ice caps in 1979. Temperatures at the poles have not increased since 2005. In fact, apart from the Palmer Peninsula, the entire Antarctic region is cooling down. Ice cap thickness in the Arctic and North Poles are increasing in size and will continue to do so until things naturally warm up. Glaciers have naturally receded and grown countless times throughout history. Recent glacier receding is simply an outcome of the warming planet after the little ice age of the early medieval period. Scientists have discovered evidence that the ice caps and glaciers have receded and increased in size on numerous occasions throughout history. So they think the polar ice caps have not receded at all. I'm gonna send you a link. Yep, go for it. To a time-lapse video from NASA. Oh, I've seen this, yep. Of the depleting Arctic ice caps. 
I'll post that on Instagram too. Yeah. So these the satellite video, right? I agree. The satellite video is very convincing evidence. Yeah. The ice caps are melting due to <laughs> due to climate change. Yeah. I I hate to say it, but I have no idea what these people are talking about. I don't either. I mean, I I don't want to strictly say they're lying, but the most trusted space agency I know directly contradicts their claim with actual satellite recordings and data. It's as close to me being able to say this is an absolute lie as I think I've ever been on this show. Yay, finally. All right. Aside, the, the only person who came close was Asiago. Good old Andy. Oh, I'm so glad we brought him back. If only we could bring that kid's legs back. <laughs> poor Timmy's never gonna get his legs. Oh, we, poor Timmy. If we ever do like a live streamed episode for fundraising or anything, we should. The trend can't be anything except hashtag for Timmy. But also like hashtag let Zeus handle it. Yes. We should um, make a really bad short film called Timmy's Lights. I would love it. We can reference how they, how they became incorporated into the monster on Mars. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can show the evolution. We can basically make Forrest Gump, but it's about Timmy's legs traveling through space and time. Sisterhood of the traveling pants, but it's a pair of legs. Yes. I love that we're still bringing Timmy up <laughs> six episodes later. Timmy is relevant always. I love Timmy. <laughs> I wonder how good old Andy is. All right. <sighs> yeah? Okay, so anyway, that last point, very strongly refuted by the very satellite imagery they claimed to be using to support their claim. All right, ready for the next one? Yep. All right. Global warming apparently will cause storms and extreme weather. These claims are completely baseless. No evidence exists of the weather being affected by global warming on a global scale. Regional variations do occur. Extreme weather can be affected by a large number of variables. Things like jet stream, for example, can change the weather for many seasons in different European countries. Even sand swept up from the Sahara Desert can change the climate of the northernmost European nations. Global warming has no impact on these weather systems. I can't. Okay. Uh, wait, I'm not done. Okay. Some argue that global warming will lead to droughts across the world, but if global warming happens the way we are being told, there should be more moisture in the air all around as the moisture evaporates due to high temperatures. First of all, I find it incredibly ironic, incredibly ironic, that they say that global warming wouldn't be the only thing because jet streams can also uh, relate to storms. Do you know what one of the factors is that determines uh, the behavior of jet streams in the, in the air? What? Uh, it turns out that jet streams are the product of two factors, one of which is Wait, what's this? Atmospheric heating by solar radiation? 
which causes the large-scale polar, feral, and Hadley circulation cells? This can't be right. If a product of global warming can affect storms and weather, then we have already proved that global warming, as the cause of this byproduct, is at least indirectly responsible for the very thing they're saying it isn't. Okay, thanks, you helped us out. Also, I would like to point out. <laughs> the northernmost European nations with the Sahara. <laughs> we both had this look, but we both hit it at the same time of like, how much more dumb can this get? You know, I live in California. I mean, if someone wants to come get my autograph, good luck. If you're looking for me for an autograph, my name is literally on my door in periodic table elements from TV shows, the created elements. Can I at least say SF Bay Area? Yes, that's fine. Okay. I mean, I've said New York how many times? All right. I live in California's San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, recently we've had many fires and red and red flag weather warnings the reasons for these weather warnings and for quick fire spreading is due to low humidity and uh high temperatures the combinations of which are uh new records for the state okay this has been an increasing trend over the last couple decades I don't know if you guys remember, but like when I was in high school, okay. there was also massive spread of fires, uh, I believe over in the Sonoma area. And they okay. spread throughout the whole state. These fires weren't always happening on such a large scale. You can fact check me on that. You can l go literally go back through the history of California fires. I think there's actually a, a like a Wikipedia page on it. I mean, I have no need to fact check you. I believe you. But, you know, for anyone curious, you can always do your own research and you can come to your own conclusions. You don't have to take our words for it. Ew, but why would they do their own research? They trust us. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> if you trust me, that's great. My point is, based on literally experiences I've already lived through and through uh, observance of previous trends, we can very clearly state that California, at least, is a great example of the detrimental effects of climate change over the course of decades. Does it mean that immediately terrible things are going to happen? No. It's only in the last, you know, five years that fires have really become this big of a problem in California. How long were we putting off treating it like a serious issue before it finally reached this point? Mm -hmm. How long will we put, put it off before it becomes an even bigger crisis for other parts of the world? Hey, bro! Hey, bro! Awesome bro take! Yeah, man, I hoped you noticed I got it from Phoenix Fit. Like the bird? No, it's spelled F-N-X Fit. Fuel for greatness. Oh, yeah, man! You are pretty great! You know, I've totally heard of them. I get my protein powder from them. Dude, bro, you use protein powder? That's why you look so good. Man, thanks, bro. 
Dude, I'm looking at the website right now. They donate a gallon of clean water to parts of the world that don't have it every time you make a purchase. Well, bro, that's so beautiful. Just like our bromance, dude. I love you, bro. No, I love you, bro. Use the code CRASHER with a capital C for 15% off every purchase at fnxfit.com. Okay. Do I hit the next point now? Yeah. I'll have to say. We're nearing the end. I have three more paragraphs. But I think this is all one, like I typed it into three paragraphs because it was so long, but it's all one quote. Yeah. So I'll stop where I hit enter so that we can talk. Okay. So I don't just hit you with a ton. Okay. The impacts of climate change are expected to act as a threat multiplier in many of the world's most unstable regions, exacerbating droughts and other natural disasters, as well as leading to food, water, and other resource shortages that may spur mass migrations. So that's the first chunk I'm giving you. That's not even wrong. Okay. That's, that's just a statement of the consequences of not dealing with climate change. Yeah, that will happen. Okay. Continuing. Regarding food and water supplies. Global crop production has soared as the earth gradually warms. Atmospheric carbon dioxide is essential to plant life. More, it's added to the atmosphere, um, enhances plant growth and crop production. Plant growth and crop, crop, cock production. Oh, no. Plant growth and crop production also benefit from longer growing seasons and fewer frost events. Global crops set new production records virtually every year as our plant modestly warms. Okay. So what were we just talking about? Weather, right? Yeah. Now we're on food. Yeah. But what can affect how food grows and whether or not it's actually able to be eaten? Storms, perhaps? Okay, my mind went to pesticides. Leave me alone. Pesticides too. I won't. I won't counter that. Yeah. So what starts happening as you have more severe storms, for example, tornadoes and hurricanes are becoming stronger and more frequent. Fires are spreading more. Fires are more common and spread more quickly and farther. You have more flooding in some areas, more droughts than others. Mm-hmm. While it's true that carbon dioxide uh, is an essential nutrient for planting. It is not true that the other effects of global warming are, you know, change. You know, global warming isn't just carbon dioxide is in the atmosphere. What global warming means is that because there's so much more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, among other gases, infrared radiation is also kept in. Now, if you pull it out of, if you pull it out, you know, if you just isolate the variable of carbon dioxide, you can say, oh, no, there's all sorts of good things that happen with carbon dioxide being in, in a planting area. And there are studies for that. <laughs> there are no positive studies saying, oh, yeah, there are lots of healthy, uh, there are lots of healthy plant responses to radiation exposure. 
Find me one study that says that infrared radiation is good for crops. You can't. In moderation, sure. But no, increasing levels of infrared radiation do have negative consequences. Another great starting point, if you really want to look into individual points, is there is, in fact, a climate change and agriculture uh, Wikipedia page. I'm going to keep referencing Wikipedia, uh, just like everyone tells you not to, because you can, in fact, contrary to belief, find decent information there, provided you back it up elsewhere. Let's see. This is very ironic. In 2020, the European Union's scientific advice mechanism estimated that the food system as a whole contributed 37% of total greenhouse gas emissions. Wow. That in itself is great irony. Impact of, of climate change on agriculture. The Earth's average surface temperature has increased by 1.5 degrees Fahrenheit since 1880. Let's see. A, 2000, a 2008 study published in Science suggested that due to climate change, Southern Africa could lose 30% of its main crop maize by 2030. In South Asia, losses of many regional staples, such as rice, millet, and maize, could top 10%. We in suck. Two, in 2019, uh, there were reports from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate, on climate Change, which say that millions all suffer from food insecurity due to climate change and predicted decline in global crop production to 6% by decade. America sucks. Um, no. I mean, yes, but also that was not the point either one of us were making, I don't think. No. The point that was being made is that everything I just said is so wrong. Here's the thing. I'm not going to say I agree with anyone who thinks global warming is a hoax, because I really believe in global warming. But upon doing this research, things are worded so well that if you're just blindly reading it, I see where some of it could make sense. Yeah. And that's scary. There's a lot of misleading language in science communication. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, science communication is more risky and potentially harmful than science research itself in most cases. But yeah, um, carbon dioxide levels as they increase do in fact, yeah, have positive effects on crops. But everything that results from increasing the carbon dioxide on a global scale in the atmosphere is detrimental to crop growth. So if you take anything out of context, sure, you can make, you can spin it with a different light, but uh, in context, it doesn't make cl climate change a positive thing. Okay. That's all. Moving yeah. on. Um, so the last thing I said, as it modestly warms, the same holds true as per objective data for water supplies. As our planet warms, there's a gradual increase in global precipitation and soil moisture. Warmer temperatures evaporate more water from the oceans, which in turn stimulates more frequent precipitation over continental land masses. This results in enhanced precipitation, which means an improvement in soil moisture at almost all sites in the global soil moisture data bank. If crop shortages 
declining precipitation and declining soil moisture cause national security threats, then global warming benefits rather than jeopardizes national security. Let's do one on this. Here we have from NASA. How does climate change affect precipitation? Current climate models indicate that rising temperatures will intensify the Earth's water cycle, increasing evaporation. Increased evaporation will result in more frequent and intense storms, but will mm -hmm. also contribute to drying over some land areas. As a result, storm-affected areas are likely to experience increases in precipitation and increased risk of flooding, while areas located far away from storm tracks are likely to experience less precipitation and increased risk of drought. Having more rain isn't a good thing if it's more rain in disproportionate parts of the world. The reason we like the world as it is right now is because when it does rain, it rains in a balanced way so that the world has, you know, it's a, it's a more or less, it's a, it's a much more well spread out distribution of precipitation. Yeah. As global warming increases, storms become more frequent in some areas. Yeah. But that results, as we've talked about, in some areas getting completely flooded and others suffering droughts because the free the frequency of the storms ironically results in more movement of the water away from its normal paths and suddenly you have a lot of areas that need the water not getting it and a lot of places that don't need the water drowning in it so yeah the increased not... precipitation it may sound like a good thing but it actually throws things out of balance in a dangerous way again context is everything more rain sounds good until you look at what it means to have more right. rain. Right. But like, it would be too easy, you know, to actually go and look at it. So... Literally, I looked up climate change precipitation, the very first link. I mean, I, granted, I'm using Ecosia, which no one uses except me because it's a meme. I love Ecosia, actually. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. But... The very first search result for climate change precipitation is how does climate change affect precipitation from NASA? Mm -hmm. You were literally one search away, people. All right. Here's my last thing of the night. Okay. Um, greenhouse gases form about 3% of the atmosphere by volume. They consist of varying amounts, about 97% water vapor, with the remainder being gases like CO2, CH4, ozone, and um, N2O, of which carbon dioxide is the largest amount. Yes. Hence, CO2, T, wow, CO2, constantate, constantate, Jesus Christ. <laughs> We've hit loopy Eli time, I'm sorry. Hence, there we go, CO2, constitutes about 0.04% of the atmosphere. While the minor gases are more effective as greenhouse agents than water vapor, the latter are overwhelming the effect by their sheer volume and in the end are thought to be responsible for 75% of the greenhouse effect. At current concentrations, a 3% change of water vapor in the atmosphere would have the same effect as a 100% change in CO2. 
those attributing climate change to CO2 rarely mention these facts. Just a quick question for you. Mm -hmm. How much cyanide do you think it takes to kill a human being? Not very much at all. It's not like cyanide, right? Yeah. It's, re it's this really fucking small amount. Isn't it like 2.5 milligrams? I think it is. Like, it's a teeny tiny amount. How much do you think that 2.5 milligrams constitutes out of how many liters of blood there are in the body? <laughs> Nothing. The actual percentage contribution of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere isn't the important part. It's the effect that such a it's the effect that such a small amount can have due to the changes it induces in the system overall how much well since the beginning of the industrial revolution there has been a 45% increase in atmospheric concentration of carbon dioxide for note the last time the concentration was that high was over million years ago so not natural the actual the, the actual change mm -hmm. the actual result let's see what i can find here so the contribution of gas to the greenhouse effect is determined by the characteristics of that gas its abundance and any direct in and any indirect effects it may cause for example the direct radiative effect of a mass of methane mm -hmm. is about 84 times stronger than the same mass of carbon dioxide over a 20 year time frame. Okay. But it is present Ow. in smaller concentrations so that its total direct radiative effects so has so far been smaller. Okay. So, I mean, that seems like it's exactly what I read, but with information that had been put back in. Yeah. So basically people are, Part of why, and like, I'm going to just wrap it up. If you're, are you done or? I wish I had an actual statistic to give you for how much it's happening, but uh, I guess we can close it off. My point being, it's not about how much no. carbon dioxide there is. It's about the concentration of carbon dioxide. And what yeah. You'd be surprised how little the earth needs to warm for really bad things to happen. It's next to nothing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's not... You don't need global warming on the scale of hundreds of degrees to ruin our lives. Right. It is a scary time, folks. I suggest if anyone wants to actually understand uh, the importance of carbon dioxide levels increasing as opposed to water vapor... I suggest that they, uh, I suggest that they do some research on their own. I would point out there will be increased water vapor as well in the atmosphere because guess what's melting? The polar ice caps. So when you're, we're talking about, oh, the, well, clearly the carbon dioxide changes are going to be really insignificant compared to the, uh, compared to the water basically in the air. And the amount of that is also increasing because of global warming, which will create an increase in the rate of global warming. The problem with global warming is it's a cycle. 
it's not as if one part suddenly suddenly works against the actual action of the carbon cycle or the greenhouse cycle. So, yeah. All right. So I have one last thing I want to say, and this isn't like about the theory. It's nothing I'm about to say is a theory. Okay. You guys, the information is out there. If you're reading something and you're like, oh, it's a hoax, do further research. Because like we discovered tonight, a lot of the research I had was not incorrect, but it was missing information. Yeah. So read multiple sources. And I probably won't do this again, but if you're interested in um, giving to any charities that work to fight climate change, um, some of the best ones that you could go, like I was looking at a ton of them and I'll post this link too, of like some of the ones that are the most trustworthy, I guess. Um, the Coalition for Rainforest Nations, the Clean Air Task Force, Sandbag, the Climate Emergency Fund. Now, if donating is not something that you're able to do right now, you know, know that there are other ways to help, um, whether that's drawing something, writing something, um, if you're like a religious leader, giving a sermon about it, talking about it. Um, students, talk to your parents. Like, I mean, you can fight it without donating money. Um, donate clothes, don't use plastic. Um, less eating meat, I believe, is part of it, right? But I mean, my point being, there are other ways to contribute. Um, you know, like, at the end of the day, we can't reverse what's been done, but we can slow down what's going to continue to happen. And that has to be done by fighting, not just for like what you do, not just erasing your carbon footprint, but like big organizations. Those are like big mass production organizations are where a lot of these gases are coming from. So petition, fight it, fight the man. It's yeah. also where a lot of the uh, climate denying science reports come from is it's sponsored by these big mass production companies. So if you ever wanna look directly at biased research and how it happens, feel free to take a look. I will, also, I will also add, it's actually more hopeful than you think. It's not, we actually could uh, reverse what has already been done. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> yeah, we've created, um, it's actually pretty cool. They've created artificial trees. That oh, I have seen that. Dioxide, it's 250 times faster than normal trees. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty sick, uh, but yeah. Point being, there are ways we can filter it out of the atmosphere over time, but we have to stop it first. Alrighty, guys. Um, so I'm reading off a list because I'm stupid. I can't remember this, but you can follow us at Twitter at Conspiracy Pods, Instagram at Conspiracy Crashers Podcast, Facebook at Conspiracy Crashers. You can write in at conspiracycrasher at gmail.com. And um, don't forget to subscribe at conspiracycrasherspodcast.com. Bye.